Hello, gorgeous people, and welcome to another TV Central one-on-one podcast. I'm Aaron Ryan. This is episode 66, 2023. I'm joined for this podcast by Osher Ginsberg, returning to host another season of The Bachelors Australia on 10 and 10 Play. Osher is more than just a familiar face. He's a seasoned broadcaster, a mental health advocate, and a captivating storyteller. With a career that spans over two decades, Osher has become a household name, guiding us through the highs and lows of reality TV and connecting with audiences in a way that few can. But it doesn't stop there. Osher's journey extends far beyond the glitz and glamour of the entertainment industry. His podcast, Better Than Yesterday, is a testament to his commitment to meaningful conversations. From discussions on mental health and personal growth to interviews with some of the most influential figures, Osher brings a unique blend of warmth, humour and authenticity to every episode. So buckle up for an engaging and thought-provoking conversation as we dive into the world of Osher Ginsberg. Osher, thanks for joining me at TV Central. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me, man. It's always it's always odd listening to someone uh, give me the, you know, if you screamed it, it'd be the moment at the end of The Masked Singer, you know, when I shout someone's LinkedIn at them. Uh, yeah, it's always odd listening to my own bio, um, <laughs> because I'm just doing, I'm just working today, you know, and I sometimes forget, oh yeah, I've done, I've done some shit. Uh, it's my 30th year in broadcasting. It's just, just a lot. It's yeah. a lot to think about. Yeah. It's a lot to think about. And 21 seasons of The, <laughs> the Bachelor and yeah, The Bachelorette. Man. Wow. You'll be happy to know that this podcast, we won't be yelling out, take it off. So you're safe. Uh, well, good. Uh, well, yeah, you know, the show's just started. Um, the show's just started. Give it, give it some time. Yeah. 10 years doing your podcast, um, better than yesterday. Um, and just recently featured in the a show we love on, uh, Apple podcast. C- congrats on that. And was that a surprise after 10 years? I was a re- it was a real honor, you know, because this, um, 2023 has not only been the year where I lost a gold Logie, it's also the year that <laughs> I got no Australian podcast awards and, you know, uh, you know, it's just, I don't, it was, it's lovely to get recognition, uh, particularly by, um, uh, the, someone who curates and, you know, something like Apple podcasts. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, but the team and I work very hard on it. I don't make the show by myself. Um, uh, and we work very hard and you know, we are, you know, building still, you know, we're, you know, 10 years in, but we're, we're now we're like, well, we're 10 years, we better do something, you know, now let's get, let's go from here. And so we're building a lot from in the, from here. And, um, there, there's lots of, lots of things on the way, lots of changes on the way, which, um, you know, it's, it's wonderful to, to be able to do it. I started the show because I wanted to have the kind of conversations or at least put the kind of conversations out in the world that I needed to hear when I wasn't doing well. And, uh, and now there's a lot more of those kind of conversations, but at the time they weren't there. So it's a, the beautiful thing about podcasting is that, you know, as long as I can remain authentic, uh, then it's worth it and it's nice. And so, you know, we're just kind of exploring where, you know, what some levers we can pull, what some dials we can turn to make sure that, you know, we can keep going because I've changed. Like 10 years ago, I was very different. I was single. I was about to go completely crazy, then went crazy while I was still making the show and then got a lot better over the, you know, a couple of years of the, of the show. Uh, but, you know, now 10 years later, I'm like, I'm married. I've got two kids. Uh, you know, life's very different. I've, I've had three separate hips since then. Uh, you know, so it's okay to have the things that you want in life change. And it's okay to have the things that you want to create change. So it was a lovely thing to have that 
from Apple, but um, you know, I hope they still love us when we start <laughs> moving things around. And don't forget the twenty-three different hairstyles you've had over the time as well. Probably <laughs> more than that. Yeah, <laughs> probably more than that. It's right. It's wild. You know, it's kind of interesting. No one gives two shits when, uh, you know, a, a female person changes their hair from episode to episode. But if I change my hair from episode to episode, there's a freaking meeting. It's really weird. I don't understand. Don't understand why it's different for men. Yeah. For um, you did allude to this, but for listeners that that, that haven't come across, you know, your podcast series, um, can you give us a rundown of, of what it's about and what they can expect if they wanted to tune in? Uh, essentially, you know, I don't know who tunes anything anymore. <laughs> <You> just <laughs> touch your screen, and there I am. Uh, it is a, simply a conversation that uh, it's a conversation with someone who's been there before and learning how they got over the hump of whatever it is they got over and the lessons from that conversation are there to make today better than yesterday that's really it because that's kind of the way that i live my life it's just just trying to not saying i'm dissatisfied at all i'm very satisfied with my day-to-day but it is like how can i just how how can i refine this how can i because there's great there's great satisfaction in approaching mastery of anything and enjoying those little moments of learning in anything, you know, whether it be learning how to surf or swim or skateboard or juggle or, or your penmanship, um, just finding those moments of like, Oh, that's really, I really nailed the upward loop on that cursive. A. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a nice feeling to achieve that. And it could be the way that you, I, you know, about five or six years ago, I started to cook for myself a whole in a in, in a very different way, and I started learning how to use knives properly, in a way that wasn't going to put my fingers in peril. And um, there's a even when like if I'm chopping a carrot, you know, if I if I get the uh, the widths of my carrot correct using my beautiful Japanese knife, I'm like, that's really good. You know, I get a real sense of satisfaction out of that, uh, and that's you know that goes for the rest of our lives, I think. Absolutely. Um, you featured on Q&A this week uh, yeah. on the ABC. T- tell me about that experience and any feedback you received from the audience, because some of the discussions were in the, uh, I guess, the hot topic kind of range, especially on, on the on the voice referendum. Well, the audience were quite receptive. They generally stack the audience quite well as far as, you know, beside, despite what you might be told, uh, it's my third or fourth time on that show. Despite what you mm. might be told about the audience, they are they are quite ideologically balanced, mm. and the response from the audience was quite positive. Um, I generally try to speak from a place of look, whatever problems I'm talking about, we are all going to face. Um, physics actually doesn't care who you vote for. The laws of thermodynamics state that the world will get hotter and hotter unless we do something. And the problems that arise from that are going to be ours. So we better figure out what we're going to do about them together because we're going to have to do something about them. We better figure out how to do something about them together. Um, and that's the kind of place that I, I, I want to come from because I don't, I, I don't believe that we are as divided as, as we might be told we are. We're so, I don't feel we are. Um, and it's, you know, I think it's, it's really interesting when you see particularly, 
like the fact I basically on the on the other night on Q and I was talking about um, our relationship to objective truth is fracturing, and I think that's the thing we need to be the most concerned about in our community. Um, there should be your humanity, my humanity, and the facts, and everything else is a debate. What we do about those facts is fine; we can debate that, but we can't debate a fact is a fact. You're right, mm. and the facts are. For example, the other night I was talking about the voice referendum uh, and I asked uh, my colleague, sorry, uh, Charlotte, who's um, sitting next to me on the panel, lovely, lovely lady. Uh, she was saying that uh, the leader of the opposition wants to unite us. And I asked her directly, it's like, why do you believe that? Do you really believe that? Why? Tell me why you believe that. I wanted to ask her about someone that she knows well, apparently that she has a, you know, she's met him more times than I have. Right. Mm. And I wanted to know that that's the fact. I didn't say anything about him yet. The headlines read that I took a swipe at him, which I didn't. And I belittled uh, people that voted no, which I also didn't. I specifically said, if you voted no, I have no quarrel with you. Mm. So, Two things that have nothing to do with the facts become headlines. And in the recent days, talking about The Bachelor's return, people ask me, so you belittled Dutton? It's like, no, I didn't. You've been misled. This is exactly what I was talking about. Our relationship with the objective truth is being fractured. And we need to be on the lookout because we as a community cannot make a choice together about a problem that we all face if we are not making that choice based on the same set of facts. Mm. And that is the thing that I think is the most scary thing in our community right now. And it's wild because that particular news uh, company uh, proved me right <laughs> the next day. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that was interesting. I had to do my own reflection on, on what you said too, because I, I was actually a big yes supporter. Um, when it came out, I ended up voting no, but in reflection, it was just based on exactly what you said. I just, I, I bought into this whole thing that I guess people were trying to change the facts and stuff like that and, and misleading people in certain ways. And I, I got sucked to that, um, into that. That's, narrative. Super, that's super cool of you to say out loud, mate. I really want to <laughs> like credit you with that. It's a really cool thing to say out loud. Uh, cause I've made, I've been sucked in, I've been sucked in by stuff. I remember when, when uh, uh, John Howard was, you know, saying, I think it was to Norway, you know, the Tampa can't land here because it's full of immigrants. I fucking got sucked in by the shit that I'd read in the paper every morning while I had my coffee. And it was James Matheson and Yumi Steins who sat down on set with me and went, you realize this reaction you're having is what will make you buy the paper again tomorrow. Pardon? Mm -hmm. Like I just, I didn't, I was 26. I didn't know. Um. And I've been sucked in by stuff over time. And yeah. it's important that we understand if we're feeling that kind of weird feeling in our tummy or whatever, just take a step back and go, hang on, am I, am I reacting or responding? Ah, oh, I'm reacting. Ah, if I'm reacting to an emotion or a feeling, that's probably not based on a fact. Okay, wait a sec, let me slow this down. Uh, but I mean, I, and I use those words very carefully. I use the words, you know, whoever flooded the zone, because if you know what, that I'm talking about. That's a Steve Bannon tactic. Um, because mate, I was seeing on TikTok posts and I'm nobody. 
right? I'm really nobody on TikTok. Three weeks after I posted something with Tom Mayo, there's for every comment of like, hey, this is interesting to, to, to read. There's five people with lots of numbers as a surname going, yeah, but it's a land grab or whatever. I'm like, who the fuck is that? Who are these five accounts on a three-week-old TikTok video posting minutes after someone with a positive message? Like that, it, no one cares about me that much. And certainly no one cares about, like that is, there's some shit going on. All right. That is not, that could not possibly be actual people who give a shit about me or Tom Mayo. That is something else happening. And I think I don't, like, like I said, like, I don't care. I really don't, you know, have no quarrel with how you voted. Um, but I, as you know, I, I wonder how could you possibly see what happened and not have concern about the integrity of our electoral process? Because that's a thing I need that truly has to be protected and i think we're in trouble right now absolutely i, I want to talk about some of your mental health advocacy uh work you do it, it's interesting that that talking about mental health sharing experiences being raw and honest and upfront about issues particularly from someone in the media it does help to remove that stigma surrounding mental health and, mm. and being afraid to ask for help but on the other hand it does involve the person like yourself having to share very personal experiences and emotions on subjects like psychosis, alcoholism, uh, suicide ideation, a double-edged sword, I'd imagine. Is sharing your experiences still difficult or have you found a kind of therapy in, in, in sharing with the audience? Uh, my initial response to sharing was I don't want anybody. You know, my self-stigma was colossal. And the man that guides me on my sobriety journey just says, <laughs> stop being so selfish start talking about it, put your hand up and, you know, start saying stuff because you're going to save someone's life. It's not about you. And I was like, okay, he's right. It's not about me. And I'm certainly not coming from a place of performative. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Performative suffering, you know, um, because I do my very best to, in the same breath as disclosing, disclose the responsibility I take for it and what I do about it. It's on nobody else to do something about it. This I take responsibility. It's my responsibility to sort it out. So I, you can't be what you can't see. And you might think that a diagnosis means, oh, you know, my kid's never going to go to, you know, the, the school I want them to go to or get into uni or have a relationship or, you know, be a parent or, oh, my partner's been diagnosed, uh, what's going to happen is my marriage is going to fall apart or, you know, I might lose my job with this diagnosis. I don't really want to know or oh, I don't want to tell my partner about this. You know, I don't want to take my meds because then I don't, you know, then they'll know and then blah. Um, that's self-stigma and I know that. I didn't want to take my meds because I didn't want to have to take my meds. So I didn't take my meds and all that happened is I just got more crazy. Um, it's important to know what, it's like to just say, well, yeah, oh no, you know, this is a thing that happens and this is what I do about it. And because of that, this is the life I get to have. One plus two equals seven. You know, it's amazing. And I think I'm just trying to give what was given to me because I didn't know it could happen. Man. And it was only when I heard stories of people that had been through and went through, been through what I'd been through and started 
you know, seeing that, oh, wow, they were able to do something that I'm not yet able to do, but they know how to do it. I'll just ask them how they did it and then just do what they tell me rather than what I think is right. Mm. Things might change and they did. So, you know, I'm I'm not here to fix anybody. Uh, I'm here to say, you know, if you take responsibility for it, part of that responsibility is seeking help and then actively pursuing that. Uh, Things can get a whole lot better for you, Um, but it's, it's on you to do it. And I think that's, 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 you know, that's what was given to me. And I'm just trying to give that to others. And so, no, I'm not bothered at all. Um, because the other thing is like, I make sure that none of that gets in the way of my ability to execute my, my role at, at work. And so, you know, I'm not going to say it's, uh, you know, it's certainly not the same, but if I, if I can, if I can, if I can still execute in a way that is you know, shown to be the best to do. And I think the proof is that, you know, they they have choices when they make these shows and they keep choosing me. They don't have to, but they do. Uh, that's because I work very hard at being the undeniable choice for these jobs. Um, huh. That can happen. And it can happen with someone who's taking their mental health seriously and the treatment of mental health seriously. And so both those things happen at the same time. One doesn't happen without the other. Incredible stuff. Look, um, I'd love to chat more about um, about mental health, but time is ticking away. I'm just trying to think of a segue now, how to get from mental health to the bachelors. <laughs> Help me out oh, here. How do we get there? Ah, oh, right. And so I'll tell you how. Um, because a lot of the time people think about someone who's living with mental illness and certainly with complex mental illness, they might, they may not think of me in a nice tailored suit. They certainly don't watch their TV going, you know what we're going to do tonight, kids? We're going to watch a recovering alcoholic with OCD and ADHD uh, scream, take it off at a big toothbrush. But that's what happens because that's what you're seeing on TV every night. When you're watching, certainly when you're watching season two of The Bachelor and season three of The Bachelor, you are watching uh, someone who's dealing with active and passive suicidal ideation on two different kinds of antipsychotics at work. And that's what was happening. And and that's the thing that people might not think, you know, and I'm very grateful to be able to be able to show that, that a, a diagnosis, uh, if treated, taken responsibility for and treated, you know, as a matter of, you know, survival, which it is, uh, means life can be pretty amazing. And I, I, that's, that's what you're watching every night on TV. That's what you see when you see me there. Yeah. I'm not in antipsychotics anymore. But I'm still, you know, recovering alcoholic with OCD and ADHD, and I'm treating my shit. <laughs> Good stuff and great representation and great you. segue. Come on, man! And, and, and a fucking and, logie. and still a great, my logie. It's it's coming next year, I promise. <laughs> Usually, <laughs> the, things are, are pretty quiet in the free to wear space at this time of the year, so it's great to see um, this investment in programming programming year round by 10 um how are you finding the format changes with with three bachelors instead of one i know this is the, the second one of this but how, how are you oh, finding the format i love changes? it i love it because it when the show began it's an american format um uh, and it's a franchise like any other franchise what's a franchise that's a proven business model uh with a product that most people tend to want to like and you know you get a uh is uh you get you get a you get a time to you know um you know how, how to execute it and hopefully that same pattern will work in your market and it will when you look at hamburgers and tire shops and things like this so the bachelor's franchise like any other but when it started that kind of 
aspirational dating looked like mansions and fairy lights and candles and flowers. But that was even before smartphones showed up. And now, you know, where everyone's one swipe away from someone hotter, someone taller, someone more successful. Um, and so their willingness to actually emotionally commit is vanishingly small. And yet there's the, the thing kind of devolves into this almost transactional physical thing. And that's really hard. That's what dating is right now. And so how do you show that? How do you show the, the, what choice looks like? How do you show someone who's not willing to go all in because there might be one just around the corner, one swipe away. Um, you show that by having, you know, more choice on screen. And I really like it. I really like the, the triple batch. I think it's really good. Triple batch. Triple batch. Let, let's quickly start um, with, with Wes. Um, he's, I guess, our Brazilian bachelor. He's kind of alluded in the promo that he has something to hide. Any hints there you can give us? What's he hiding? Um, have you seen Total Recall? Have you seen the moment when <laughs> someone wished they had three hands? Hmm. That's not helping. Well, that's a that's hint, all though. I'm saying. That's all I'm <laughs> saying. <laughs> okay. Um, then there's Ben. He's certainly one uh, good-looking rooster. Um, there's a rooster on the on the next uh, Bachelor. Uh, uh, sorry, on the next uh, Masked Singer. We know who it's going to be. I'm getting the vibe from the promos that he he looks like he's a he's a bit cheeky. What can you tell me about Ben? Uh, he's an extraordinary man. He's uh he runs a kinds of like a venture capital fund you know he's, he's, he's like lovely a lovely guy been living in new york for years and you know he's he's really confident really smart fella and i really yeah i really like him he's a he's a he's a good bloke and um i i really relate to his story because he was living in the states and i was living in america myself and then at one point i was like oh, i'm done i'm done i'm, I'm and I, I, I was lucky that I met Audrey in Georgia by that point. I was like, there's nothing in this country left for me. I want to go back to Australia and be with these two. And that's what he's come back for. He's, he's like, I'm done in America. I want to be home. I want to be home. And I want to move on to the, a, a part of, you know, it's fine because as we get older, what we want in life changes. And it's extraordinary to see a man at that point uh, in, his, in his life. Yeah, I really, I really like him. And, and Luke is just, boy, Luke is fabulous. I've, we all have different you know, things that we're into, but, um, for some people that may be the Brazilian, that's fine. Uh, for me, it's Lukey. He's, you know, a Queensland B lumberjack, um, C leaguey. So, um, yeah, I really like him. And I think he's Luke particularly is a, is a representation of modern masculinity, which I, I, I truly admire. And I'm really grateful that we're able to demonstrate that it's a really beautiful, powerful, healthy kind of masculinity that is uh as powerful and um takes as much space as any other kind of masculinity we may be familiar with but is at the same time vulnerable and self-reflective and um not afraid to understand where a mistake's been made and do their best to make it right and i think that's a really special thing to, to witness he's an extraordinary man yeah Looking forward to it. Uh, good luck with the show. We'll have a three-week run from Sunday the 3rd of December at 7.30pm. Three weeks, is that it? Jiminy yeah. Crickets. I just make them, man. I don't program them. So I have I have no idea how, how they program them. So holy moly. Four episodes a week. They, you can just Far get out, really? Straight wow. through. Wow. 
<laughs> Bam. You know, I have not. Wow. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Cancel everything. <laughs> Here we come. At least you don't have to wait three months for an answer. This is true. This is true. I mean, I guess I watched Blue White Samurai in four days, so I get it. <laughs> Look, in terms of the area of our mental health, I know um, you do it from a place of, of concern, a place of advocacy um, and a place of heart and certainly not gratitude or accolades, but I, I do want uh, you to know um, that your honesty and sharing your experiences are so much appreciated from the thousands of people um, that have struggled um, and, you know, needing to know that there's, I guess, someone out there that, that owns their struggles and has worked through it. Um, and so that's oh, thanks, really man. awesome. Thanks, Thank man. You. Like Aaron, I really only have one. I really only have one job. doesn't matter what it is. Uh, if it's podcasting, if it's mask, if it's batch, whatever. My only job is to make people feel less alone. That is my job. That is my job. And I'm grateful to have that as a job. I, I think I'm good at it. And um, it gives me enormous satisfaction to do it and try to do it well. You're definitely doing that job well. Thanks, man. Thank you for joining me at TV Central. You got it. See you, buddy. All right. That was Thanks Usher. for that. No worries. That was Usher Ginsburg, host of The Bachelors, premiering Sunday, the 3rd of December, 2023 at 7.30 p.m. on 10 and 10Play. 10 you can uh, catch Osha uh, also on The Masked Singer, the full season available on 10Play. You can also hear uh, through the Better Than Yesterday podcast, available in all the main streaming pod podcast platforms. He also has a book out called Back After the Break, available now at all good book outlets and maybe some of the bad ones as well. That's it for this podcast. For all the latest news, streaming options, ratings, TV guides and podcasts, head to tvcentral.com.au. But for now, I'm Aaron Ryan. Thanks to Osher Ginsburg. Bye for now.